Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the God and My Girlfriends podcast. I'm your host, Marcia Ramirez, and I have some amazing special guests this season, and we're going to dive into some topics that will help us all learn how to nurture our spiritual lives, nurture our friendships, and nurture ourselves. I'm so glad you're here. Hi friends, it's Monday, September 27th, and happy fall, y'all. I am so excited about some cooler weather. We're up in the Northeast um, on tour, and so we have really been enjoying some cool weather up here. I'm currently in Alexandria, Virginia, with Christopher Cross and the gang. We're playing the Birchmere tonight, which is a famous venue that almost everyone eventually gets to play. We love playing it. It's located right outside of Washington, D.C. Actually, Christopher's playing it twice. Uh, we sold it out tonight, so they, they did another show like next week. They're coming back to do that. I'll be on break, so I'll miss the second Birchmere show, but I'm getting to, get, getting to play it tonight, so I'm excited about that. One of the great things about the Birchmere, though, is that it has laundry facilities on site. Touring musicians know how important that is. <laughs> so we're all currently fighting over the washer and dryer. Um, we're going on 12 days on the road together now, and I think a few people are starting to run low on underwear. So, I mean, I'm not naming any names, but it's definitely laundry time, so... We're getting that done today. Um, I'd like to say a special welcome right now to some of you who have come to our concerts on this tour already and who have found my socials and because of that found this podcast. So you're new. I want to welcome you. Thanks for joining us. It's a great little community here. And thanks for coming out to the shows. We have truly been having a blast. It's a great crew, and I feel really, really lucky to be part of this uh, this tour. So this past Friday, we had a day off in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and I was able to set up my little mobile recording rig in my hotel room at the Hard Rock Cafe Casino, where we're playing. And I did a little Zoom chat with our guest this week, who I'll introduce in a minute. But I had recently been thinking about creativity and how important it has been in my life. I, I know that it is in the lives of many of you as well. Music or any art can be really healing, whether you're listening to it or, or performing or writing it. It just has something magical about it. I mean, all art does. We can actually feel emotions by looking at a beautiful piece of art or, or reading a meaningful poem. I've been moved to tears just by watching someone dance. God is the ultimate creator, and since we are all made in his image, I believe that means we all have the ability to create as well. Now, I've got people that tell me, oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body, but that's just not true. While my creating might be obvious as a musician, for others it's not so obvious. It's there, but it might look like cooking or gardening or decorating, organizing, making clothes or jewelry. There's a, a, a book called The Artist's Way, written by Julia Cameron. And in that book, she recommends everyone spending two hours every week in your own company doing something you love. Doesn't that sound awesome? 
I mean, it might be a visit to an art gallery, a walk on the beach or in the forest or going to the movies. The point is to just allow yourself time to to wander and simply reconnect with yourself. Um, kind of remember, find out, you know, remind yourself what your passions are and what you love, just like you're getting to know someone for the first time. It's a great way to cultivate the kind of self-acceptance and self-worth that is essential for taking creative risks. So I was doing a little research about creativity and some things that we can do to nurture our creative side. And I found five things I want to share with you really quick. Number one, if you really want to nurture your creativity, spend some time alone. Befriend yourself, just like Julia was saying in The artist Way. Go do something that you really love to do and that makes you feel alive. Number two, don't overthink things. Let yourself explore those things that you're drawn to. Number three, forget about the money. Being creative is not about making money with it. When you, when you put money as your goal, it's going to mess everything up, I promise. Number four, don't be afraid of mistakes. Now, my guest and I are going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but we, if we're always worried about failure, we'll never try anything. And number five, go, see, do, but mostly just go. Just, just go for it. And don't believe the lie that it's silly to be whimsical and creative. I promise you, you will find yourself immensely happier by allowing a creative flow to begin in your heart and in your soul and in your life. Okay, I'm going to stop babbling and... Uh, introduce my guest today because I want to get to this conversation. It is so good. So my guest today is my friend, music executive, manager, and creative consultant, Leanne Phelan. Leanne is a 25-year veteran in the music business. Her resume is extensive, but I'm going to hit some highlights because you need to know how cool this lady is. She was formerly co-head of ASCAP Nashville Creative, She worked with 19 Entertainment as a writer, producer, manager, and served as a preliminary judge for American Idol in seasons six through nine. Before that, she was senior director of A&R at Sony Nashville and vice president at Combustion Music. She has managed and or published ASCAP Song of the Year and Grammy Award winning Jimmy Robbins, eight-time ASCAP Songwriter of the Year Ashley Gorley, BMI Songwriter of the Year, Luke Laird, CSAC Songwriter of the Year, Kat Gravitt, Grammy Award-winning rock band, Kings of Leon, as well as many other number one hit songwriters. And she's done A&R services for Miranda Lambert, Ashley Monroe, Jesse Alexander, The Band Perry, and many others. She currently runs LP Creative Management, which is an artist, songwriter, producer, management, publishing, and consulting company. And she serves as a creative wellness coach through her company, LP Creative Therapy, where she mentors, educates, and motivates songwriters, artists, producers, creative executives. And she does that in workshops and private sessions. 
Her workshops have been endorsed by the CMA, ASCAP, Change the Conversation, and NSAI, and her workshop guests have been a virtual who's who in the music business. She's also received the following honors, a Music City milestone from her alma mater, Belmont University, and she was listed as one of Billboard's most powerful women in music in 2015 and women in Music City in 2017. But before Leanne got into the music business side of the music business, she was a singer and performer herself. She even got to tour uh, with Grammy Award-winning Steve Winwood on his 1988 Roll With It World Tour, which is fantastic. I mean, I'll talk to her about that experience in a minute. But the most important thing you need to know about Leanne is that she was the maid of honor in my wedding back in 1998. (laughs) So that lets you know that I have personally benefited from her knowledge, her heart, and her friendship for many years, and I am thrilled she agreed to come on the podcast today. I know you're going to love her like I do. So y'all grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine and get ready to enjoy my lovely conversation today with the amazing Leanne Phelan. Hey, Leanne. Hi, Marcy. <laughs> oh my gosh it's so good to see your face good to see you too oh my gosh thanks for coming on I was just um telling everyone a little bit about your very impressive and extensive resume I forget how impressive my friend is you have done so much you've had an amazing career and continue to have an amazing career and I'm just so proud of you well, I'm glad I missed that part. And thank you very much. That's very sweet. Did you tell them that we were background singers together? I did not tell them about that. You and I actually <laughs> met. We were, we were, we were background singers for an eighties rock singer named Henry Lee summer. I don't know if anyone remembers. He had a couple of big hits. Uh, Hey baby. And, uh, What was the other one? You know, here's a funny story about that. I don't know if I told you, but I got a a cassette to learn a song for the audition. Yeah. And wish I had a girl who walked like that was on one of the sides. And I didn't learn that song because I thought, oh, that's not this guy. Because I know that song. I don't know who this guy is. So I didn't learn. No, I was like, oh, that's him. So anyway, <laughs> that's funny. And that was his big hit. I think wish I had that a was his big hit. Yeah. Leanne and I both had eighties permed hair, you know, the big eighties perm. And then we both played keyboards. And so we were on either side of the stage. So we were like little twin keyboard players with big brown permed hair. We were rockers, Leanne. Yeah, we were, we were, <laughs> we were pretty cool. Just ask your son, Derek, Derek thought we embarrassed him so bad. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> He's over it. He's over it. Um, yeah. So yeah, we met doing that. Leanne, I, I, I did tell him that you had been out with Steve Winwood on the roll with it tour, the world roll with it tour. I mean, that must've been an amazing experience. Oh my gosh. You know, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of, of music is you get to see the world and, 
and hopefully get paid while you're doing it Mm -hmm. and be with people that you like. So yes, I was 21 years old and going to Japan and London and all these places and, you know, getting to play at Royal Albert Hall with England's favorite son and, and just with the great group of people. So yeah, it was amazing. It is fun. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm actually in a hotel room right now in Atlantic city. Cause I'm out with Christopher cross and we've got the day off here. We're playing here tomorrow, but, um, it is a really fun thing. What I was just going to say, I've thought about this recently and all I could think about growing up was singing, you know, and I loved being a background singer. Mm-hmm. And so all that stuff happened and, you know, it's just like normal life, like I think the year after the Roll With It tour, I was singing five times a day in Opryland in a life-size jukebox, you know, like you just never know what's coming. And I had auditioned for Winona. She had her first solo record coming out and it got down to two girls. We got to come sing with the band and I did not get it. I was crushed, devastated. And I just thought about that moment because I, that tour, not getting that tour shifted me into the business side of music, which was such a better fit for me. So all those pivots that, that we make just following what we think are, are failures or not failures. They're just like God source, all of that stuff, like trying to focus you to some place that's better suited for you and really more of what you wanted in the first place. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I love that word pivot. It's a pivot. It's not a failure. Mm -hmm. It's a redirect. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like God redirecting you. And, um, I've always told my, my daughter, Carrie, that, you know, sometimes rejection is protection it, you know, it's like you're crushed. You think, cause you think this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And really God has a better, better plan for you. There's a better fit somewhere, but that was, I was going to ask you too, because, um, I think it was around 96 when you started at windswept and you started going into, was that your first kind of venue into the actual business side of the music business? Yeah, I I had a a job in between there that gave me a lot of time to think. But I I went to Quad Studios. And I was literally responsible for making coffee, getting bagels. There were four studios there. I was doing billing, invoicing, and made like less than $20,000 a year. And I was so happy. Wow, that says so much. Yeah, I was so happy. I loved like seeing all the musicians coming in and just, I've always loved being in the studio and that, that was just a really fun job. And I was just kind of led over to windswept and again, started as a receptionist. We bought all the furniture for that office, the fax machine, you know, I was, I was typing but it was lyrics and little J cards that, that went in the cassettes or the dats that we were doing. And I was the take copy person. So every song that came in back then, as it transferred over, over into our catalog, it it was, you can only do it in real time. You can't 
do it digitally. So I was learning the entire catalog and learning about country music because I came from pop music. Right. Yeah. And it was just the perfect, isn't that, I've never really thought about that before, but it was the perfect way for me to develop in publishing, Mm. you know, it is just to hear it, understand what songwriters in Nashville were really doing. You know, I could hear them in the room next to me creating a song and then they wouldn't be there one day, they'd be in the studio and then they come back with this cassette of their session. And then I was transferring it over and I was just going, Oh, this writer does this. And, you know, the, and then another level would be if one of those songs got cut, you know, and then just seeing, and a lot of times the cut was disappointing to me because I loved the demos so much. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah. That happened a lot too. I would hear the same I'm sure thing. it happened a lot with you because your demos are probably so great because you were singing on them. Well, you know, when I was writing full-time for Curb, I didn't sing all my demos. I, I really tried to find the right voice. You know, if I felt like it was really the right thing for me to do. Um, of course, then as as the music business started, budget started getting smaller and they were like, yeah, let's just have you sing all of them. So we don't have to hire, you know, uh, singers. And uh, that's kind of the, the direction it ended up going. But, um, you know, I, I have other friends that are in the business side of the music business and it's just this creative environment. You know, they're not necessarily, the ones writing the songs anymore or making the playing the music or whatever. Even my son, Derek, who, who is, has a, a successful guitar player in Nashville has kind of moved over and is just slowly kind of moving over into some of the business side of things and the production side of things. And um, you, Leanne, you've always had such a nurturing spirit about you. And so I could see how you would be drawn to nurture this creativity, which also sort of fosters your own creativity, right? It's like you get in the room with that kind of stuff and it just, it invades everyone's spirit. Absolutely. And I I don't know why, um, you know, no one in my family is musical, but I somehow got an opportunity to start taking voice lessons because I was shy. And I mean, I had never opened my mouth to sing, but I think my mom was just trying to pull me out of my shell and it became something I really loved to do. But looking back at it, I always did that by myself. Like I would go down in the basement and practice. So I've always been a little bit of a loner with that but I've just been drawn to creative people. Mm. And when I switched over into the business side of it, I, a a lot of people on the business side are singers and musicians and people like that, as you know. And (laughs) I think the advantage to that is that we can speak a certain language. Like I, I do know what it's like to sleep in a bunk on a, bus, you know, barreling down the highway and being on stage and all that stuff. And I, you know, I do know what it feels like to not have a song that's in the sweet spot of your voice or just, you know, there've been songs that I have loved and I've tried to sing and I would just know that just isn't a fit for me or whatever. Like I understand all of that. Right. And so it made me a really great publisher, but yes, I do 
try to nurture and encourage and um, just really uh, hold space for people because sometimes in, in order to, for, for all of us listening, all of us are, are creative. We may, may not give ourselves credit for that, but if you think about it, in order to get in that space, you have to have time to be there. Like I, I took up painting when I turned 50 and I just love it. I learned a lot from it because when I'm painting, it'll be like four hours later and I won't even know. And then I'll look at what I painted and just think, how did I do that? I don't even know how I did it. So I feel like for songwriters to be able to walk into a room and get into that space, they've got to get, get stuff off the plate. You know, even if they had a, somebody cut them off in traffic on the way to work and they're just still kind of mad about that. And they want to come into my office and just talk about that. That's fine because that's going to get them clear and, and be able to go into the room. And Marsha, I know you're a fan of um, Julia Cameron and the artist way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what those morning pages are about. She, you've probably talked about that before. She, she wants you to first thing in the morning, sit down and just write out three stream of consciousness pages. And it's really just to dump all of that stuff. Like, all the stuff you're thinking about, I got to get this done and that done. I was still mad about the other thing from yesterday and just, just blah, like just dump it. And that way you can clear that stuff out to really get in alignment with God and with your ultimate creative source mm-hmm. and just have that come through you. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's possible for everybody. And I talk about that in my workshops. And I I actually started, I don't know if I told you this, but I just this month, I started a mindset course. Our our last meeting is tomorrow because I think creative mindset is so important and just being able to, to tap in and, and push the other stuff out when you need to. Yeah, absolutely. I've been doing a little bit of research just on, uh, you know, why it's important for us all to get in touch with our creative sides. And, you know, I have girlfriends that are always like, Oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body. I wish I could sing like you. I wish I could do that. And I'm like, no, no, we all, we're all made in the image of God. Who's the ultimate creator. Right. So we all have the ability to be creative. Now, sometimes it looks like gardening, cooking, uh, I don't know, creative writing, painting. I I love that. I didn't realize that you were starting to paint. I love that you did that. Uh, Another friend of mine recently retired and she was really looking forward to retirement. And then she kind of got bored and she was like, I don't know what to do. And I was, I was like, well, you have all this time. Like what, what have you always wanted to do? And she said, well, I've always wanted to paint, but at my age, I'll never be able to get good at it. And I'm like, wait, wait, it's the perfect time to start. Exactly. And it doesn't even matter if you get quote unquote good at it. Right. It's, it's, it's the process. It's like opening up your brain and starting to think outside of the box. And then when you do that, it like affects other areas of your life. Don't you think? I absolutely do. It just, it's, it's a release and it's, it's, you know what it is? 
you get to live in that space for a minute. And if we can just, if we can transcend even five minutes a day, we're going to have a a better day. Mm -hmm. And some people do that through prayer or meditation. Mm -hmm. And you can also do it through just losing yourself and making something you can, I'm just going to throw this out because it's, it's really fun. And I've done this with my girlfriends, but maybe you can get a sponsorship out of this, Marsha, but there's a store called paper source, you know, that has all the cards and stuff Uh and they have card making classes and it's so fun. And I've gotten a group of girls together to just make cards. And at the time my father was in a nursing home and I just, I love making cards. I just had decided I'm going to, you know, make a card for everybody there. And I think there were like 50 people there. So I did the card making class and all the girls helped me and we just made these beautiful cards for everybody. So you can just make them for fun and just drop them off at the local retirement home and they'll love it. It'll be really special. I love (laughs) that idea. Are there like local places to do that all over the country? Paper sources everywhere. Oh, wow. Um, I know we have two here in Nashville where we are. Wow. But they they have everything ready for you. Like they'll have a template of the cards you're going to make, and then they'll show you how to do it. It's so fun. That does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. There is definitely uh, uh, something about tapping into your creative side, learning to nurture that, that helps make you feel kind of more whole and healthy overall. My friend, Abby, uh, she lives in Indianapolis and she is going to be 59 this Sunday. And just in the last year, happy birthday, Abby. She just decided she wanted to learn how to play the drums and she bought a drum kit and she, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. She has been loving it. Like she texts me and she's like, I feel alive when I get behind those drums, like she, she just loves it. And she was like, I just, I can't wait to get home from work and practice my drums. And she's like, you know, she doesn't have any designs on becoming a professional drummer, but during that time behind the drums, like, I think she just sort of loses, like you said, you get that, you get in this space, you get in the moment and it's just you and and your creation and what you want to do there. And, um, I think every, every woman needs to find a way to take a little time each week and, and pursue something that they're really drawn to, you know, you know, I think you, you brought up a good point. You, you don't have to learn something or get into something to become the Michael Jordan of that particular thing. And as you know, during uh, COVID, I started working with a lot of people online um, just with their creativity. And I have, I have a part of my business now called LP creative therapy. (laughs) And so I, there was a a woman that I met through a class that I took and she wanted to meet with me and she had written all these poems and she kind of wanted somebody to look at them. And her thought was, are these songs? And she and I met and I had her read one of her poems to me and the poem was something she had written for her daughter 
apparently her daughter had gone through a divorce and the poem was basically telling her daughter how wonderful she was and how she was going to get over this. And there was one point in the middle of the poem where the lady that I was talking to, the mom got choked up reading it. And I got, I'm kind of just saying this story. So she gets to the end of the poem and she's looking at me and I've, I've cried. She's cried. And I told her, I said, hang on one second. I'll be right back. And I went, there's a, a framed poem that I have called red birds and it's right outside my bedroom door. And I, I met this kid on the streets of Asheville. He was out there with the typewriter and said, I'll write a poem. You give me a subject and you can donate. And I gave him the subject of red birds. And he wrote this gorgeous poem for me right on the spot and on the spot. And it's gorgeous. So I got the frame off my wall. I come back to the zoom meeting And I hold it up for this lady. I said, do you see this? This frame cost at least a hundred dollars. And this person wrote this poem for me. It means so much to me. What you do means so much to the, you could just write poems for people. You don't have to write a country song. You need to just write a poem for your girlfriend next door who whatever had a new grandbaby or what it, like that is what your creativity is that's what your gift is mm. and it just I when I showed her my framed poem I think she got it um and and she started doing that for people in in her town I'm gonna have to get her name so we can attach it to the podcast but yeah. it, I think people Sometimes the best thing that I can do for somebody and that I know you do this for people, Marsha, but it really is that mirror approach. And I need that sometimes. I need somebody to tell me like, hey, look what you just made. That is awesome. That's I see that helping people, you know, because I don't know what it is about where I grew up or whatever, but I don't ever step into the power of that sometimes because I feel like it might be bragging or you, you know, I'm hearing this phrase from growing up, like uh, don't get too uppity or (laughs) those kinds of things. And it's like, you know, when I look at somebody like Oprah Winfrey or somebody like that, that just steps into her power, you know, it makes me think, why would I not do that too? And, and so if I can, mirror that to somebody else. And maybe in doing that, I can just see a little bit of that back for myself too. That would be amazing. That is beautiful. Like I have chills because I think we do struggle to understand the value that we have just by giving what we have to give. I don't have to give what you give. You don't have to give what I give, right? We just have to like, you know, find our passions and let those passions lead us into what we're meant to do, what God created us to do. We all have not just one gift. I think we all have several gifts. Hi, friends. We're taking one more quick break just to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by God and My Girlfriend's Ministries. 
We are a registered 501c3 nonprofit that supports women in all walks of life. Women helping women become everything that God created them to be. That's our mission. We have online book clubs, live events, weekend workshops and retreats, a single mama's ministry, and also this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, get involved in any way with any of our programs, or maybe even help support us financially by donating, you can do all of that on our website, which is godandmygirlfriendsonline.com. You can also find us on any of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and even Twitter. So reach out when you can and let us know how we can serve you or maybe someone that you know. And now, back to the conversation. There was a book I read years ago, Max, is it Lucado or Lucado? I never know how to say that. Is it Lucado? I think it's Lucado. Okay. I think. Yeah. Max Lucado. And he he wrote a book called Cure. Is for- it City or City? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. That's a real inside joke. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. That was one of our road, road. uh, Yeah. So, so many road (laughs) stories that last forever that never go away, but you're right. (laughs) Um, But he wrote a book called cure for the common life that I read years ago. And it talks about that finding your sweet spot, like for you, like you were just saying, you started out in music because you were drawn to the creativity of music and making music, but you also have the gift of uh, encouragement, the gift of nurturing. So you found your sweet spot in taking all of those little gifts and, and then putting together where you are right now, which I want to talk about your LP creative therapy workshops. Cause you have one. It's the last one of the year. I think that's starting a week from today on October October 4th. Um, Tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Well, basically I have um, a lot of songwriters that aren't happy with, with where they are in the process They're Maybe they don't have a publishing deal or they don't have a big writing community or they are releasing their music on streaming and it's not getting heard or they just, don't feel like they ever get to talk to somebody that's really in the music business. So this just hit me on my walk today. It's like, it's, it's like you as the songwriter, you want to get on the elevator to go up to the penthouse because all the actions taking place up at the penthouse and the best views and all the superstars are in the penthouse. And so you push the elevator up button and the door opens, but it closes and you run up and you've got both hands. You're trying to pry the elevator door open and you're trying to get your guitar and everything in the elevator. That's how it feels. And I just am likening my workshop to me being on the elevator that's going up. It's not going down. And I just push the door open button for you so you can get on the elevator and we can go up to the penthouse and we can look around And what we're going to find up there is you're going to hear everybody's story that helps you know you're on the right path because they all went through these things that you're going through. Mm. They all start. I'm I'm thinking of Carly Pierce in particular. She's a friend of mine and she graciously came on the very first workshop that I did. 
And she has this tumultuous story, you know, on a label dropped and had a publishing deal dropped and ended up singing background for Lucy Hale thinking, you know, she wasn't meant to stand on front of the stage and all that. But even with the songs, the very songs that made her a superstar, she had a manager in town tell her that those songs just weren't special enough. Wow. And that somebody else told her she should probably think about going home. And so that's the kind of stuff you're going to learn while we're walking around in the penthouse. And then we're going to come back down and you're going to go back out into the world doing this and do it, taking those next right steps because the only people that quote failed in music are the ones that quit. And there's just certain mountains to climb and you're not, that brings us to another point actually, which is about the journey. And I, I know you get this, Marsha, you are somebody that really enjoys every second of your life. Like I see your posts when you're doing your morning meditations and your Bible reading and you just, you enjoy everything. You have a natural positive disposition. And I had a unique experience last, um, this past summer where uh, through the workshop, I met this woman that thought this creative conversation was amazing. And she wanted me to come speak to her employees. And I thought, I will say this, when she said that my body kind of tingled, I was like, Oh my gosh, that would be so, I just knew at that moment that that was going to happen. And I didn't even know what it was. Have you ever had that feeling? Yes, ma'am. I know what you mean. Yeah. So I was like, for like a split second, I got an aerial view of everything. And I was like, Oh, I see how all this connected. I'm going to do that. And then it was gone. But um, fast forward six months and I didn't know where this lady worked, but she worked for Kraft Heinz. And she had me come in and speak at her national sales meeting. Wow. And I was just the whole time I was like, oh my gosh, how is this happening? And it was this journey to get to this point where the actual speech took place and it was on Zoom. So on that day, I worked up to this point. I've been practicing and doing all this stuff and translating a message over to corporate that that could be useful, but using creative skills from songwriters and taking it there. So anyway, it, the speech was over and then I took off my pretty top that I had on and got my sweatshirt on. I went out on the road to walk the dogs and I was just thinking like, wow, that just happened. That was really fun. Wow. Gosh, it was so fun meeting Deborah back in December. I remember that feeling I got. And then she sent me some materials and then I threw her some ideas and we went back and forth and then had that meeting with the executives and two of them left the meeting. And I thought, well, this bond, and then they called and said, we want you to do it. And then, you know, I was just thinking of all that stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's the journey. The journey was so fun. Like just every little step in that journey and just being inspired to like come up with something and getting that download from God to even figure out what to talk about and just one step, one step, one step. And that is our whole life. Like we're not going to get, I didn't crash afterwards because I was just reveling in 
the whole journey of it. And then I was thinking, what's the next journey? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the next thing? So I, I do want people to realize that is just the, the constant turnover in our lives. And I'd say, I say that to the songwriters, you know, just meeting this one little person. I say that to Evan, my uh, songwriter that I manage. I remind him all the time, like, let's enjoy this moment because this one little thing happened and it made us so excited. Like, mm-hmm. let's enjoy that. And then this next thing will happen. And I think, you know, hopefully that could be a big takeaway for people to just, we all know this, but sometimes we have to hear it again and just realize we need to drop in when things are happening and really be thankful for it and celebrate it and know that something else is coming. Yes. Cause there's a, there's a lot of little beautiful points along the way that if we're only focused on the end result, the only, you know, I remember when I was, you know, writing songs full time and uh, I had had a song put on hold by a, a major label and then it, it did not get cut. But I was lucky enough. My publisher at the time said, celebrate the hold. Like, okay, you didn't get the cut, but the hold meant somebody loved that song. Somebody, it touched somebody like they loved it enough. So like, don't, you know, just because the end result didn't end up in this moment, in this instance where you wanted it to go, doesn't mean there wasn't beauty in that journey. And, um, yeah, I think it is. That's one of the things I have learned just kind of in, in life in general is trying to really live in the moment and find the beauty in that day. And there's beauty in every day. I mean, even on the hardest of days, I can find something, you know, that I can be thankful for and be grateful for. And that has made a huge difference in my life personally. And I know you live the same way. I I know I've seen that with you too. So uh, how do these, I know we're going to link up your website, which will let everyone know how to get in touch with you if they want to sign up for your workshops. Um, Are they, what are the workshops? Are they like just a weekend thing? Are they a few weeks? How do they work? um, I've been doing them uh, it runs for five weeks five and weeks. it's for five Mondays in a row and okay. it's at 3 p.m. Central because I've uh, had some people from Australia and the UK and awesome. all, you know, all kinds of different places. It's the beauty of Zoom that they mm-hmm. can hop in and, and take these workshops and, you know, i get to know who's in there and, and serve that group. So every workshop has been a little bit different as to who I bring in, um, based on the needs of the people that buy it. Um, so that, yeah, that's kind of fun for me. And I'm, I'm thinking of changing it up next year. So this might be the last five week workshop and it'd be a great way to, to, uh, jump in. If you're curious, there's a lot of stuff on the website that'll, tell you more about how, you know, how it goes. Um, and I also just on the website, I have a, a newsletter that it just comes out sporadically, but you can just sign up to be on the email list. And I, there's another really cool download. If you are a songwriter, um, it's called four steps closer to a publishing deal. And then I just say, it only took me 25 years to write, but basically (laughs) it's just a, it's just a printout that it only shows you what realizes my process in signing someone. And I think if you're a songwriter wondering what are publishers looking for, then you can read this and go, oh, well, that's how one person 
does it most of the time anyway. Well, I know that anyone who signs up and uh, gets mentored by you in any way is just a lucky, blessed person because you, not only are you a loving, like you said, nurturing person, but you also just have just a wealth of knowledge and years of experience that you just, you don't get in front of people like you easily. And so I, I think it's so great that, that you've decided, I think you started this during the pandemic, right? You were like, how can I serve people? And this is what you came up with, which I think is just amazing. <laughs> amazing. I know. Well, I saw people like baking bread and playing cellos and doing their thing. Right. You know, I was expecting to see you out on the sun porch with your keyboard and just, you know, singing amazing grace. Um, but I just, <laughs> I, I was just like, I'm going to put a flyer out. I have all these, I, I used to work at ASCAP. So I have all these, you know, what I thought was I was managing a guy named Jake Rose. who's amazing and we had just done a video and put it out we had all these plans and everything stopped and Jake had so many people around him he had Grammy award-winning producers and CAA and me as his manager and publishers and I just thought about all the people that I used to meet with at ASCAP that are just trying to get that momentum up Mm -hmm. to get things like what Jake has and that was just my instinct I just put a really cheesy flyer out that said, I'll meet with you for free in April. Let's keep your creative momentum going. And, you know, it was a typical imposter syndrome moment when I did that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Who is going to want to do this? I mean, imposter syndrome is a real thing. I just want everybody to know, and you can use me as an example. I've been meeting with songwriters for 20 five years. And I felt like an imposter saying, Hey, songwriter, I'll meet with you. Isn't that crazy? But but it is a very real thing. I mean, same thing. Real. I, um, I do songwriting classes with songyou.com and I, and songwriters come along and I help them. And when they first asked me to do that, I was like, I don't know how to teach songwriting. Like, what am I, what do I have to offer? And they're like, you've been songwriting for 20 years, you know, every you're you've been a professional, you have value, you have worth. Think about when you were 16 years old and you were trying to write songs down in Arkansas, what you wouldn't have given to be able to sit down on a zoom and talk to someone that's been doing it for years and has like a wealth of knowledge. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's like, we just undervalue our experience, right? Well, you know, I've thought about this because I, I just saw this last night and may not be everybody's cup of tea. I'm not saying go watch this or anything like that, but I, Instagram is my social media platform of choice. Mm -hmm. And I do love a good comedian. I need to laugh more in life. I just really do. So I saw this post from Amy Schumer. She's missing Amy Schumer on the God and my girlfriend's podcast. That's okay. Um, She's hilarious. She is hilarious, but she made a really serious post last night. So she had just severe endometriosis and she had had surgery for that or or whatever it was, but she was on her Instagram saying, I have been in pain. I'm 40 years old. I've been in pain for 25 years or whatever, however many years. And being 
you know, trying to downplay it because I just thought this is what women go through. And she, she just went on and on about how, again, this is, it's a little R rated, but the point of it (laughs) just is just as women, there are times where like, we're just brought up to take it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the severe pain that she, and she even said the doctor that she had, she was, her appendix had been hurting and she was going to mention that, but she didn't want to want him to look at her and go, Oh, great. One more thing. What else? You know, and that endometriosis was all around her appendix and everything like the stuff that we don't even own up to Mm -hmm. that we're just used to pushing down and taking yes is pretty incredible that that was that was the point that I was trying to make but you know we we do have to let ourselves feel good more of the time and if that is booking a card making class at paper source or listening to Marsha's podcast or coming to the workshop like just you don't have to be the martyr of your life, you know, take some time for yourself, nurture yourself. And when you feel better, when you feel good, everybody else is going to feel good too. So that's, that's what I hope for everybody listening. A thousand percent. And I know that that's what you and I both are trying to do with me, with the ministry and the podcast and you with your creative therapy workshops and just, um, yeah, your whole business. It's like helping other people own their, their value and, uh, nurture themselves in all kinds of ways, whether it's creatively or spiritually. And we, we're running out of time, so we got to wrap this up, but imagine that I know we could talk forever. (laughs) We don't talk enough. We need to talk more often, but we do like to end the podcast with uh, three questions because we do try to help women in, in three specific areas, spiritually with their friendships and, um, and with self-care. And I know self-care is kind of like a, you know, everyone's tired of hearing about self-care, but it is important. It's, it's, um, women, I think in general, like you say with Amy Schumer, they just think they have to stay small. Like they don't want to have to say, Hey, I, I need help. I need help. So they just stay silent. And that's what we have to help women get over. We have to say, no, it's okay to say what you need. And then when you're well taken care of, you can take care of everybody else so much better. So let's talk about our spiritual lives for a minute. Um, do you have like a favorite spiritual practice that you do right now to just get in touch with your creator or your higher power? You know what I do. And I, have this beautiful screen porch outside of my bedroom. And so I think it's important to have a place Mm -hmm. that you can go to tap in. And I'll just tell you, this is what I do. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care if it's raining or it's freezing or it's hot. I'll turn on a fan. Like, but I feel like going out on the screen porch and being outside is uh, another level to it, but I do some yoga stretches and I turn on a meditation series that I like right now. It's, um, from Deepak Chopra and it's called self-empowerment. It's a 21 day. And I I've listened to that over and over again. Um, and so I'm kind of stretching while there's a little intro part to it. 
And then when you get ready for meditation, I get in the swing and one of my dogs is in the swing too. I have a swing and I meditate Mm. and I face where the sun comes up and that's my time. And if I have time after that, I'll write my journal or write in just a download notebook. I've got all kinds of notebooks and journals, so I don't want to bore the audience with what different ones mean, but I'll write if I have time. And those will be my best days when I do that. Oh, I love that. I, I love that. My guest last week was talking about the importance of journaling, how that has helped her in her life. And I was asking her a little about it because I've never been, I said, a journaler. Is that a word journaler? She said, yep. Yeah. But she said, you know what, Marsha, I bet your journals look an awful lot like songs. And I was like, that's true. I may not have actually written out journals, but I've written my feelings out in many a song. That's for sure. (laughs) And your Instagram posts. You'll. I mean, you'll post something from your daily reading that really touches me quite often. And so I think that's part of it. So let's talk about friendships. You and I've been friends for like a long time, a long, long time. You were the maid of honor in my wedding, as a matter of fact. And I was trying to think this morning, was it 24 years ago? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's crazy. But uh, what are you doing these days? Because friendships take, you know, you have to be intentional with friendships. So what do you do these days to really kind of stay in touch with your friends and, and make that a priority in your life? I'm going to answer this question very honestly. And I think one of the reasons you want, one of the takeaways for me in doing this podcast is to be more intentional about reaching out to people because I've, I've been very isolated this last year. Part of it is starting a new business or a new part of my business and just trying to get stuff going and learning all the time. And, and I haven't seen my girlfriends as much as I could have. Um, and so because I was doing this today, um, I had to go to town and I stopped and got coffee and a donut and I got my friend Shannon a donut and I (laughs) so I'm staying in touch by buying donuts for my girlfriends (laughs) I'm a chocolate glazed girl just just it would have chocolate for the future yeah yeah (laughs) just Uh, if you're in Donaldson and you're near the near the Krispy Kreme in Donaldson well another plug follow Connie and Johnny on Instagram at C-O-N-N-Y and J-O-N-N-Y. I don't know these people, but these donuts are amazing. And I'm sorry if you didn't need to hear that, but (laughs) they had an organic peach fritter this summer that I drove to Franklin to get one. It was so good. Oh my, I would have done because I do love apple fritters, but I'm a peach girl. So I've never even heard of a peach fritter, but that's that's something I would love. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that this uh, has, because it same, I mean, during the pandemic, I think a lot of people um, had a hard time staying in touch, but there were a couple of groups of friends that we made a weekly zoom call together. And we all saw each other on zoom. And then my, my two sisters that live, one's in San Francisco, uh, San, San Francisco, San Antonio and Oklahoma city. 
we would get on house party like a couple of days a week as we were having coffee in the mornings and just visit, you know, and just, oh, that's cool. And just yeah. see each other's face, even though it's yeah. uh, on Zoom or house party or whatever. And we were like, you know, we, I think we've gotten closer during the pandemic just because we were so intentional about that little morning coffee time with one another, you know? So that's a great idea. Yeah. 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 Really it, I mean, nothing's, nothing is as good as face-to-face. Right. But I think it's, it is important. So, okay. So last thing, what about self-care? What's your go-to self-care uh, tip? Um, honestly, my, my self-care is that morning spiritual routine. And another thing I've done over this past year, like I'm not somebody that treats myself to you know, facials and, and, and things like that. And I really think we should, I think we should do that if we have the extra funds or whatever, but I have booked a couple of massages over the past year because I just, I feel like I hold so much stuff in my body and I have been more anxious this year than I ever have. Mm -hmm. And, um, I heard, um, another podcast about that. It was on the Brene Brown Dare to Lead podcast with this lady, Amy Cuddy, but she wrote an article called Pandemic Flux that a lot of people are talking about that was in the Washington Post, I believe. But in, you know, they're doctors of psychology and whatever, however many degrees they have, but it's a real thing, the anxiety and guilt in some ways. And, you know, it's a lot. I have a friend that is on a ventilator right now. Oh, you know what sorry. I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure all of us have been touched by this whole thing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, mm-hmm. massage daily routine, just trying to tap in and taking, eating more donuts with your girlfriend. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> oh man. I love I'm so glad you came on today just because I knew you would have a lot to offer our listeners, but also just because I love being in your presence and I love seeing your face and visiting with you. And we need to get together soon for sure. Um, I love you too. I love you. I miss you, but um, we'll get together. And I, uh, like I said, I'm going to link your, your, your Instagram, your, do you have a Facebook too? You do, don't you? I do. There's an LP creative therapy Facebook, but if you have any questions about anything, just DM me on Instagram. Okay. That's, that's where I am more often. So, okay. I'll definitely put all the ways to get in touch with Leanne. You guys, if you are uh, interested in up in your creative game, you need to get in touch with Leanne. Um, Thanks, anything else before we go? <laughs> I guess that's it. I, I don't want to go because I don't want to say goodbye, but I know you have to go. So we'll talk soon. Thanks again. I love you, my friend. Okay. Safe travels. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wow. 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 Gosh, she is so awesome and authentic and relatable. I just love people that are real, you know, that's, that's why I love her. Um, I hope this conversation has inspired you to find some time this week to sit in some type of creative space. The world is hard and heavy these days, and it does us so much good to escape from the heavy for just a little bit and enjoy whatever passion that God has put inside of you. It's good self-care and good soul care. 
Okay, well, that's the show for today. Thanks again to Leanne Phelan. You can find all the info about her and her workshops at lpcreativetherapy.com or just look in the show notes for all the links to get in touch with her. I know she would love to hear from you. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next week on the God and My Girlfriends podcast. And until then, stay safe and be well. 